0: Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony the III, and we are not talking about a Marvel series this time. As on Disney+, Plus, there is an event, a Star Wars event going on right now, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. Three episodes have been out so far, so we're going to cover the first three here. I have my buddies, my pals, and my co-hosts. The first, the super producer, Jake Christie, is in the house. Jake, how are you?
1: i'm doing well how are you ac
0: i'm good not too bad and we also have jerome cheng aka black dragon rolls in the house jerome how are you man
2: i'm doing great i'm really excited to talk about this one
0: yes yes absolutely and this show there are so many ways that You could think about nostalgia and some of the things that take you back. I mean, specifically for me, it takes me back to my youth watching the old Star Wars films. And then obviously growing up, you have the prequel uh, trilogy that came out in the mid-2000s. And this continuation of that, we're bringing back the old gang, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is directed by Deborah Chow. Let's get into some general thoughts first. Uh, Jake, I will start with you. What what did you think just kind of having this back and this world and everything that's going on with it? What are your general thoughts?
1: So I have a I think just this is a major generational thing when it comes to my relationship with Star Wars. Is because I have literally no memory of Star Wars without the prequels. The Phantom Menace came out. I think I was I either just turned three or was gonna turn three and so obviously like I remember I I had a poster for Revenge of the Sith with Darth Vader on it that said who's your daddy Star Wars Revenge of the Sith May 13th <laughs> um but and so I think that this is like I feel in the way that the Force awakens really serve people who love the original trilogy this almost feels like a response to the re- the rediscovery and appreciation of the prequels on the internet over the past few years. And I mean that in a completely, like, good, uh, unironic way because I think what it really captures is that it's... I Because I, I think most people who appreciate the prequels would never say that they're great movies. I think what they recognize, which is correct, is that they have the same depth of lore and interesting nooks and crannies and stuff in it that the regular Star Wars universe does because George Lucas, even though I think he's actually a bad filmmaker when it comes to a lot of the things he is incredibly good at coming up with you know ideas and you know story uh and so i really like this because it like i said it doesn't feel like it's playing on the same nostalgia that we got in the sequel trilogy it feels like it's kind of exploring the stuff that is interesting about the prequels but without having the stuff that's bad about them and so i I, it, it just makes you so happy to see all all the people back i it's been a it made
2: me giddy for the past two weeks.
0: This is a, that's a very astute statement, Jerome. How about you, man?
2: Um, no, I'm in the same boat. I mean, uh, I, I am definitely of the when I was a child, I grew up with the special edition re- releases of the original trilogy, and then, um, was still like pretty young, at least like in a middle school, high school range when it came to like the prequels starting to come out, but then like going over time all the way until like being in university i I remember seeing revenge of the sith in the theater and then i was going on a summer uh exchange to china to shanghai to learn mandarin and the first thing i did when i got there was find the nearest like uh illegal pirated dvd shop and then finding revenge of the (laughs) sith over there too and then rewatching it just so i could see like the lightsaber battle at the end but uh no it's one thing Even though I came from the original trilogy at first, and I could say probably lean more into some of the backlash that came out uh, with the prequels, I definitely have come into an appreciation of a time. And it's very similar to like our experience when we talk about how we like Marvel. You know, there are parts that are for us, but we do have to remind ourselves over and over again that this is for capturing the imagination of like young people. Yeah, And uh, Star Wars, in a way that it may be eventually catching up, and we might talk about some of the issues that goes around, like the feedback um, these properties get, um, It it's slowly, I think because there haven't been as frequent of releases going on, although they're increasing more and more since they've joined Disney, it, it's it's starting to hopefully get that level of perspective that we're already arriving a little more at when it comes to Marvel and understanding that these are for other people and like, let's, it's not that deep, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? (laughs) And, um, but in terms of this, like I, again, when it comes to the prequels, even when I was like at my most negative about it, I loved Ewan McGregor. Yeah. So much as Obi-Wan. And to see him get a chance to reprise that and bring back what I think anyone would argue is one of the best parts to come out of the prequels at any given point, whether when they first came out or uh, afterward, getting him to have a chance to like actually be of an age now where he could really like sink his teeth into a role and it seems age appropriate for where he's at, like 10 years later after, you know, the events of Revenge of the Sith. Um it's like I it was one of the most excited exciting things when they announced like the new docket of shows that this was going to happen. And then uh, you know the like re- bringing back Hayden Christensen as Anakin slash Darth Vader I think that's definitely one in those ways again where uh, similar to like No Way Home where we got to give like Andrew Garfield a little more of his flowers and come back yeah. although um, I think you know still people won't necessarily go like too hard for Anakin Um, but I think they'd give him more excuses <laughs> in terms of like yeah. you have to like think about some of the writing that was going on in those prequels, like who was going to do anything great with that. Um, but y- you talk about all the different properties and how it brings you back to it. I think what Obi-Wan really tends to hearken to, and it's already been like, it's almost like the stamp at the end of all the bridging elements. When you think about the animated series, like the clone wars yeah. rebels, yeah. All these things that come in between that really like started like adding to the lore. Um, and you see parts of it already like showing up in Boa Fett, showing up in Mandalorian. And then I have to like say, like, the excitement of this is like Rogue One to me. Yeah. Like, it's 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 kind of coming back to Darth Vader and like almost like re it's uh, he, we're bringing back like the uh, the lore that is Darth Vader. Although I would like to have a kind of a Deeper Darth Vader conversation, especially when we start talking about Episode Three in this one. Um, but no, like so far, it's been so cool. The callbacks have been really fun. Uh, the introduction of the twins is really good. I liked not knowing about what we were going to, and then like it was like so obvious that, or not so obvious, but such a wonderful thing that they're going into Obi Wan and Leia in that story. Thus, at least like making a point as to why when we get to A New Hope, he's the only one. That she can count on, um, we get to find out why in the series. I'm assuming, and that's gonna be super cool to see, like flesh out.
0: No, I I think you put that great. Um, I would also say that that I know Anthony Mays listens to this show, so I know when you mentioned the whole Obi Wan Leia thing, he's not exactly the biggest fan of that. So that made me chuckle in a in a brief text all right, conversation. All right, that no, we I,
2: had. I I'm excited to hear. Uh, I I'm excited to get uh, Mays's text afterward and we're gonna get a chance to like talk about it um because i love that man so much
0: oh man shout out to maze but i think for me the one thing that stood out especially like when episode one starts you get the recap of the prequels it it made it made it feel so so big it felt like an event uh, as the the setup was going on so you get into the the episodes and stuff in like 11 that. minutes
2: the prequels pretty solid story
0: yeah yeah like it was pretty yeah it was pretty cool to see that and i think just what ended up happening for me is it's like it brings me back and i think you made a great point about having all of the stuff around this with the animated series and the stuff that we've gotten in the mandalorian and boba fett like all that you add it all together and then you bring it back here and there's just a it's a different level of nostalgia where it doesn't feel cheesy or ham-fisted it feels legit. That's what this show made me feel like. Listen, you guys know me. I love to talk about washed, wash stories, like Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan at basically the end of his road in a situation where he has no one to turn to. He's staying hidden. Uh, Uncle Owen don't want to talk to him, don't want to deal with him. (laughs) He's out here packing meat. And all that other stuff, like it's just like You got it
1: by the way, you got it phrasing. You got you said that in, you said it in a t- you can't keep calling it packing meat. Packing that you, meat. You gotta, you gotta you gotta do something else.
0: <laughs> packing that You don't wagon. like how he's packing
1: that meat under that robe? <laughs> I mean, that's true. Uh, he
2: probably is. Um
0: but <laughs> uh but but yes, but yes, and
2: I, just, I mean there's a real question about like how yeah. how many people even know if Obi-Wan's packing that meat since he has taken the Oath of the Jedi. Yeah,
1: that's honestly, I was trying to think of a good way to get to that joke, but I'm glad you just asked it. <laughs>
2: um yeah, because, it no, is no, a, like, it's like one of those things, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know when you think about how uh, it, it ends up in lore when it comes to like celebrities and everything like that? Like mm, well, yeah. Like w- John Hammond. Like right. And um, and the thing with like Jedi because of what the oath they swear, like really the only like knowledge we have out there is maybe Anakin. Mm, yeah,
1: maybe. You
2: um, know, right? Like they don't
1: wear form-fitting clothing, so it will be hard to tell.
2: Anyway, right? This is yeah, this yeah, there's not yeah. like basketball shorts that they like wear at the park where exactly. you can cut, like watch in, like slow mo action when mm-hmm. they're in a lightsaber like practice duel and exactly. see, like what's, yeah.
1: Although wait, I feel Did like it? I feel like I maybe on Naboo, after they got the clothes stuck to them when they were wet, but I'm gonna let AC yes. bring it back because this is gonna there's no way this doesn't go somewhere that even I'm not okay with.
0: And <laughs> right.
2: and, and that I mean the last thing there that we have to point out, especially when robes are involved, is you never know if it's a lightsaber or otherwise. <laughs> that, oh, is that a lightsaber or you're just happy to see me. It's really yeah. just <laughs> Is that a lightsaber or are you strong with the force? <laughs>
1: Huh. All right, AC. Well, what are, yes. your, what are your
2: mature thoughts on this series?
0: No, honestly, I I love it. I love it so far. This thing is vibes, man. This is vibes. You what get sort
2: the- of Jedi's are into double blades? <laughs> <laughs> that honestly, Great question. Sorry, we were talking about Obi Wan. Let's go back there.
0: Yeah. Oh boy, oh mm-hmm. boy. But yeah, speaking of vibes, um, <laughs> I just I just love what we're getting so far. I think you add some different parts to this story and it kind of fills in some context now there are some traditional star wars fans who are not exactly happy with some of the stuff that's going on that we'll get into a little bit later uh specifically with darth vader and obi-wan but i think for me just kind of seeing where the the story that they constructed so to this point uh preying on the trauma of Obi-Wan 10 years later after basically losing everything and bringing back Anakin and the, the realization that he finds out when Anakin mm-hmm. is alive, like all of that stuff has been done really well so far. So, you know, we get into the first, first couple of episodes. They released the first two last week and, Basically, the plot is these Inquisitors that that we see. We got the Grand Inquisitor, played by Rupert Fiend. We got Moses Ingram as Riva. It's Rupert
1: Friend. I know he's a bad guy, but it's definitely Rupert Friend. (laughs) Rupert Friend, but he's playing a Fiend? Yes, he's playing a Fiend. I understand why you made the (laughs) mistake.
0: Thank you for correcting me. That's my bad. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so you got got him. You got uh, Moses Ingram as uh, the third sister, Riva. And Soon Kang as I think it's the fifth
2: Han. Brother. I I when we when I was watching with friends and when <laughs> we went into IDB and they pointed out it was Han, I was like, oh my god! I would. You and know what? Honestly, his, yeah. I, I
1: understand that he needs to show his range, but I don't like that he's not like eating chips in every scene. It just doesn't you feel know. Right. It doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we get them, and so this is kind of like the hot button topic. In the Star Wars conversation right now is the performance of Moses Ingram's Riva. There's been a lot of discussion about it. A lot of it not very good as, you know, per usual with Star Wars and the racism and all that other stuff. But I specifically, like performance wise, and Jake, I know you talked about it in the Discord a bunch. Yeah. How did you... So, like, if you wanted to technically analyze it, R- no. R- R- Rivas Rivas' performance to this point, what would you say?
1: I think that, and I really don't. I haven't even said anything on Twitter about this because it, it sucks, and obviously it sucks because there's a ton of racism. And it's horrible, but it's also annoying when it's like if someone who is a person of color does something bad or isn't like that good in something you should be allowed to criticize them without like it be and and the unfortunate thing is i think she's just doing too much it's not the worst performance i've ever seen in the world but it feels like at every single moment she's playing as i have a secret that's going to be revealed and i'm going to lay it on thick so the audience is always wondering what my secret is and that's what I, once again I Until it became a discussion point in the Discord, it was kind of just a thing where I was like, I'm not really vibing with this character, and I think that she can redeem herself. And I saw Moses Ingram in The Tragedy of Macbeth, Macbeth um, in the role of Lady Macduff, which is not a role that anyone's winning awards for, and she caught my eye, and that's why I immediately recognized her. So I know for a fact that she can do a good performance, so I don't think it's a question of like, oh, she's a bad actor. Um, and ultimately, like, her performance, even if all the negative stuff she was getting was purely just on her performance and had nothing to do with racism her performance is not bad enough to warrant that like it's yeah i I hate to do this but it's not hating Christensen in in the prequels like it's just like it's like a normal bad performance and that's fine it's it's whatever um and i'm not like bummed every time she's on screen it's just i kind of wish that was more
2: nuanced
0: right how about you jerome what are you what are you thinking
2: i don't know i i had no idea about the discourse until like i saw ewan mcgregor's response on TikTok. Um. And then like when I saw it, I was just like, of course, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) of course that happened. Um, But I don't know, for me, I like I, I was watching with friends and I guess like, yeah, definitely the fact that it was like a black woman who was like dealing with horrible middle management. Like I was just more in the vein of like, go off, like get yours. I was really into seeing her succeed in the kind of and like i didn't even pay attention so much into like was it a good or bad performance as much as i was just like yeah it just seems like she's getting the like her character is getting the raw end of the deal like mm-hmm. being diminished yeah. even though she was clearly like the one on everything people trying to take credit for her work all that stuff i was just like um i was just rooting her on really i I think it goes to a problem that a lot of these limited series have where they
1: have characters whose defining trait is whatever secret is going to be revealed at the end of the season about them yeah you know what i mean and i because i I don't really think that she has anything else that it's so obvious that her motivation for being so passionate about trying to catch obi-wan is about something secret Sure. and if you're not going to reveal that then it's Inherently, the character can't really be written well because what are you showing besides that she's su- okay? It's like okay, I know she's super motivated because because
2: it, it would be the deepest part of her character, and we can't reveal it, so we can't get any depth out of and,
1: it. And so, there, and there's nothing else really that we know about the character except that she really wants to kill Obi Wan. And if you're not going to mm-hmm. tell us why she really wants to kill Obi Wan, then it's going to be one note. So that's I think it is equally with the writing and the performance. But once again, it's just like it's it's so dumb that this has. Yeah, to Yeah, I I
2: haven't read a single bit or even seen like screenshots or examples. And this is not an invitation to anyone who listens to the show or anyone on the discord to share that with me. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it's really shitty. Uh, It sounds like she's getting um, negative comments that are definitely loaded and going well beyond the performance itself. And I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like it's also star Wars where, how many good performances do we have in star wars period
0: yeah there's a lot of and and it's weird because you kind of see the same type of comment that does Mm the same type of thing they use the same type of buzzwords so it's like
1: why is star wars getting political virtue signaling
0: signaling. like it's it's like yo come on what are we doing here the pre cool
2: like 80% senate um senate scenes <laughs> like
0: also i just want
1: fans of star wars who we said that star wars wasn't very political about these started issues one having someone in a different race is not political but just look up what the one non star wars indiana jones movie that george lucas produced in the 21st century, is. Uh, and you'll find out that it's the movie Red Tails, which is about the Tuskegee Airmen, because George Lucas is an incredibly passionate person about m- racial causes and wanted to make a movie about that sort of thing. And so the notion the whole that's story tro-
2: about a rebellion against like an totalitarian uh, that's that's a, a totalitarian. <laughs> I don't yeah. understand
0: it, it's, that.
1: It's so but, like, George Lucas has incredibly, like, he wants, like, his neighborhood, there was a bunch of people making a stink about uh, them putting like, um low-income housing in his neighborhood and so he ended up like buying the property and like you know uh basically turning into like a neighbor like he just was clearly so his vision of star wars is also incredibly political in one way it's just these people were kids so they didn't recognize it and that was a great meme which was uh star wars fans races according to star wars fans and it showed a white guy and it says normal and then it showed up like 300 people of color and said political
0: <laughs> that's that's just great that's great i know i think the one thing that i the one thing that i would say like personally about the character for me is like you could see the ambition off the bat like kind of like okay she's really going after after the mm-hmm. whole thing with obi-wan and i like that at least it's progressing to a stage i yeah. would i would say like i would agree with jake's point in like terms of like Some of the stuff in the first, specifically the first episode, does not land like the way that I would necessarily want it to land. But this is the problem where, you know, as Jake said again, with the idea like we kind of have an idea of what the reason is based off of, I think, the very first scene of this show with the flashback to Order 66. I'm going to guess that Reva was one of those younglings. That's my assumption. Hopefully, we'll find that out later. But say if that's the case, I feel like if you're doing that, then I don't well, need Well, they do to... the implication
2: later where it's just like what happens to the people who are Force-sensitive, like, like the Jedi, yeah. the young Jedi. It's like what happens to those children that they kidnap and they say no one knows.
0: Yeah, and I think it's just one of those things where because there's so much going on in this show in terms of characters that they're bringing in, now we have the Darth Vader thing... I think you can do that reveal and not have it like kill your kill the buzz for what you're watching story wise. I think you can mm-hmm. you can reveal that. So that's that's kind of what I would say about it for now. But I, I, I do love that <laughs> for the grand inquisitor, uh, he ends up not being so grand getting taken yeah. out at the end of episode two. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, Reva's kinda you know, she's kind of making her way. That's she's- the
2: thing I love about the Sith. Like, they just, like, constantly trying to fuck each other over. It's amazing. Yeah, like, they just have no shot of actually, like, succeeding because everyone's just trying to one-up each other. And everyone's always gunning for the spot. And it's encouraged. Like, yeah. there's that, too. You know? Like, the Emperor basically said, like, strike me down and we're going to be even better. Which, I honestly, if you ask me, the Sith are probably the most selfless. Group out there.
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's one way to that's one way to look at it. But
2: I, I think speaking of reveals, the reveal that was really interesting to me, and this
1: is probably something that's canon in the cartoons, but I didn't watch them, so mm. I did not know that Obi Wan was not aware that Anakin was still alive.
2: That I never wasn't... occurred to me.
1: That never. I just assumed. Of course, he knows that Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker,
2: but in hindsight yeah i don't i don't know like i I was actually in the same boat with you because i didn't like i've watched select episodes of like clone wars and rebels Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not in the uh way that you know i was um like for the sake of setting up but just you know right just general star wars fan interest um and when that scene happened i was like oh shit that that kind of makes sense like it's funny because like you think with something like star wars and also the world we live in you just assume like i don't know maybe he saw like vader fucking shit up on twitter or something like that and, <laughs> is, being, well, and why, just like you know I maybe mean, though like would he know I, I, exactly but
1: what it, what it occurred to me is, so it's like he wasn't there for the no scene yeah so yeah yeah, yeah, what yeah, would yeah. He know mm-hmm. if you see a guy who's named darth vader who's like Wears all black and stuff. You would be like, "Oh, that's just but must He literally be a new guy like in the went scene.
2: off, like he deleted all his accounts. He went off. Yeah, the he grid. was off the grid. He wasn't. Exactly. He was off of Facebook, off of Instagram, mm. off of uh-huh. Twitter, and he deleted and he his OnlyFans, like, which is crazy because he's packing me. right, He went, but like people still like recognize. Him. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, I'm
1: yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. Also, oh, can I say one be. thing before we move on from episode one? Incre- incredible flex by writer, director, occasional actor, Benny Safdie, to just get cast as a Jedi to get killed. Not
2: a good time for the Jedi.
1: Oh, great stuff. But, like, I just love... It's just, like, in terms of, like, making it ripe in Hollywood, how dope is it gotta be? You make movies with your brother, and you, ha- like, occasionally act in them, and that leads to you being a Jedi. Well, I'm gonna say
2: spe- specifically, like, that to me and is like kind of the really cool thing about seeing these new Star Wars properties mm-hmm. is that you get to see people who clearly grew up and were mm-hmm. such huge fans of it gain to do all these like bit parts yeah. throughout and it's like to me that is also just as much a celebration of the lore
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's great great stuff and in obviously in episode 1 we get kind of we we get introduced to in a lot of ways, not only one of our one of our favorite characters in, in young Leia played by Vivian Lyra Blair, but we also kind of get the story of it's it's a very old school, like one last ride, one last fight story Um, mm-hmm. as uh, as uh, was it Senator or- Organa said, Sen- my you know, bail. Jimmy yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Smith is back getting them checks um, one more time you know, ask for Obi-Wan's help and Obi-Wan's initially resistant. He's like, I don't know if I want to do this, but then, you know, eventually decides to, and that's kind of how we end episode one. And we get into, we get into episode two and we, and we meet a, we meet a favorite, uh, one Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, Wait,
2: before we, we, I know it's been like uh, talked about to death, but can we just talk like for a brief moment? On, like, Leia being the most excellent, like, runner-slash-escaper of all mm-hmm. people trying to kidnap her.
1: hmm It's a lot. Now, it's incredible. Like, yeah. I, th-
2: I think that's why, like, things like when we're, we had a long conversation about Moses Ingram, and, like, I was like, that... I didn't even think about how believable For how sure. good that performance is because I couldn't get away from that first episode of how the hell Leia was able to get away from all these people. So- Where if you watch like the choreography of the running, it's clear. Like I had this feeling like when they were doing it, they couldn't just they couldn't get it right, but they also needed to move on to the next scene. And they're yeah. just like, yeah, this is our best take because you'll see people running and literally like catch up to Leia, yeah. stop and be like, huh. Yes. Huh? Huh? I'm and then, Richard like Leia would kind of move him forward. It's like the kind of like you know. Okay, I mean Jake and I probably might have had experience of like playing with like our friends or like you know family members' kids and seeing that. But like AC, you have full on parenting experience. You know when you have to like let your kid win. Like that's what was going on. Yes, here, where I it's just
0: agree.
2: like you're like oh look, look you know like speed racer. There's here. a lot like, of slow. You're lightning. Look at you go.
1: Yeah. Now, the important thing that that scene did have, though, is, mm-hmm. you know, like when you finally find where a puzzle piece goes and you're late in the puzzle and you have to figure it out? That's mm-hmm. what it felt like when I saw uh, Flea as a space scoundrel, <laughs> where it's like, Flea has been on Earth for probably, honestly, like 55, 60 years now, and he right. has not been in the right place until someone's like, oh, he plays like a low-level criminal in space. Of course, right. he's looking it was like oh yeah that's what a low level criminal space looks like and the fact that there have been sci-fi franchises for the 30 like years that he's been a Jack famous Star-O's person father? exactly then it's like oh of course yes flea like he the re- basis for the riot chill peppers is, is like a side thing he did his purpose in life was to play this role and I'm very glad right. that Deborah Chow found him
2: yes
0: yes yes 100% and obviously they capture Leia they're trying to lure Obi-Wan out and obviously Obi-Wan takes the bait he goes after them. And yes, like I said, we meet uh, Kumail Nanjiani after After we see a, a, a nice little cameo from clone Tamara Morrison uh, was, was mm-hmm. out here looking uh, ragged in these streets, uh, kind of like like yes. I did a couple weeks ago without the long hair, of course. <laughs> I had a little more of the sideburns and the beard thing, but it was nice to see him there. Uh, we even got a cameo from Ewan McGregor's daughter there. It's just, she was the girl talking to him um about where to find this uh, quote unquote mm-hmm. Jedi uh, and and um and uh what, Kumail's character is is a grifter of sorts using some uh good old fashioned parlor tricks uh, to pretend Kumail's that-
2: character is Kamel Nanjiani. <laughs>
0: yes, it's a, it's, a, it's it's, it, I- it's great.
1: Can I read a text that I got from uh, yeah, sure. my, uh, my my older brother, who's watching it with his girlfriend, who's a big sci-fi fan, and got him into like the Marvel stuff and all that? And it's I'm not gonna say her name, but like name just said, I need a trigger warning for Kumail. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think yeah. I like Kumail. I like what he does, I but I, if I can imagine, if you are not a fan of his shtick, it's yeah. his last couple years have got to be tough because <laughs> he's just right. everywhere.
0: He's uh, yeah, he said so much. He's in so he's much. infiltrated
2: Disney. So it, like, it's it. It's over. You're gonna like you know he's an internal and he's a faux Jedi. Oh I mean,
0: my gosh, yeah. So so that part was fun and. We and more watched Obi Wan as he tries to get Leia fighting, fighting, uh, fleeing his crew. That was fun to watch him taking some hits. It's like he it looks like he limping around a little bit.
2: I will it's, say for a while though, <laughs> like because on the watch. Sorry, go ahead.
0: <laughs> he said it's all he thinks about. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the <to>
2: watch <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it's great. It's great. <laughs> but like, I know. No, but like, the thing is, like, I will say in this case, like, you might be projecting a little more of like how badly you want him to be watched than what he <laughs> actually is. No, because, but, but you like, know, you're it's out not of the until game like, like until bit. we get to well, when we get to season like when we get to episode three, then like that might be like an actual situation where you're like, oh, okay, he really doesn't have it right now Mm -hmm. but for a moment
0: i was cheering i really did
2: actually like holding back
0: i
1: i think what you imagine in your like imagination of the series you've Mm -hmm. invented in your mind a scene in episode two where he goes to the podiatrist to get new orthotics like yeah yeah,
2: yeah 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 no no entirely entirely like but no, no, but like in terms of the character itself for a period, because like it was clear that he had to hold back everything in terms of the force because he couldn't yeah. reveal himself that way. So mm-hmm. and that like when you're a Jedi, that is like your essential that's the mm-hmm. strength that you possess. So um I thought for a while, like he it was just like he was hustling everyone basically. Mm-hmm. And then we get to parts later, but um. Yeah. No. No. I, he's never more washed than when AC is describing him. Let's just put it yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Hey. Hey, man. Like we could talk about Logan. We could talk about all the mother. Ain't nothing like one last just, ride. <laughs> you just limping around and and you're struggling. one are in you
2: You're in your 30s you <laughs> your You're not even the oldest person on this podcast. are <laughs> older a, than you. I'm, I'm older I'm, than you, man.
0: I'm, I'm an old soul, man. What can I say? what can i no, say no I no know.
2: no but it's not a, in this case it's not an old solo. like you're like a hypochondriac except for like elderly problems specifically like hey <laughs> a-
1: a- a- you're 20 years old like you started making sounds when you get up from chairs when you're like 13
2: Ugh! <laughs> you were the only kid that asked santa claus for arthritis <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm delirious. Oh my god! Oh man, I, I, I'm surprised I... you didn't
2: say you're senile there. Jesus! He's <laughs> <Jesus.
0: laughs> gonna have to take over. All me? right, so let's
2: get back to watch, but not as watch as Acey thinks Obi Wan Kenobi.
1: Yeah. So he's you know they're in they're in the planet you know he has to rescue her you know he but um because he, he gets help from Kumail Nanjiani who's of course faking mm-hmm. being a Jedi. Um, mm-hmm but uh he gets information um and uh yeah he ends up finding her in a uh in like the back and there's like a lot
2: of like in the scene where he finds leia um (laughs) there's a lot of like parallels and callbacks to a new hope which is very nice in those moments um and like even in like takeaways at like there was a feeling there and then like obviously i saw like tiktoks and stuff like showing like almost like line for line things that she was saying like back then now and um yeah like i don't know like things like that i think were nice a bit on the nose for sure but like throwbacks to make it feel like the old days
1: Mm -hmm. and i also really liked the way that um the way that he ended up figuring out how to get away from the goons and it's really uh really inventive stuff and it because he wasn't just using brute strength in any way he was using his cleverness um and I like the utilization of spice it's something that we hear about a lot and there's I don't mm, know yes. if we've ever seen someone on spice before um so it I'm always happy to see a new you know uh, a substance being consumed uh for comedic effect in a sci-fi show <laughs>
0: yes yes 100% so, I, I, obviously, the big reveal of this episode, uh, by the time that we get to the end of it, as as Reva takes out the Grand Inquisitor, which, uh, you know, unfortunate unfortunate for for my guy there. You he love takes to see it. Dive. Uh, yeah, absolutely love to see it. And then Reva reveals to Obi-Wan that Anakin is still alive. Oh, my goodness. And we get that. <laughs> we get that whole breathing.
1: Oh, he's still alive! Oh, I was gonna do background music. I was expecting him to keep talking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, it it, so that was leaving Obi wan in a a pearl can.
1: Sorry for fucking. This is a disaster. (laughs) You you. This is this is usually our energy when we've been potting for two hours. This is really special. We got this on a Thursday night. Uh, Oh man.
0: So, so, yeah, that's the way that episode two ends. And I think at that point, you watch the first two episodes and you're feeling pretty good. We getting Darth Vader off the bat in the first. Yeah. two, So it's like I think I think some people thought that maybe we would see him a little bit later in the series. But to get mm-hmm. him so soon was interesting. So obviously the hype for episode three was pretty high. Well,
2: well, the thing is, oh, it's like even in the end of episode two, the reveal of it still didn't indicate at all what we got in Episode 3. Because yeah. even in that, it could have been a lot of back and forth of just, like, you know, Darth Vader ominous from a distance, but yeah. not, like, full-on confronting exactly. Obi-Wan. So I think that was really cool. Um But before we... Yeah, heading into Episode 3 and just given, like, how much you... Love this story about Obi Wan. Like, how disappointed you, were you, AC, that you didn't get a scene in the next one when Obi Wan discovers that Darth Vader was back? That he wasn't checking his insurance coverage ahead to see whether or not he could continue on with this mission. I
1: was gonna say he was gonna get a medical droid to give him a cortisone shot, but right. Um. Anyway,
0: well, well my man forgot. Look, he forgot the plan that he was doing with with young Leia when they was with um Zach Braff's character, the mole man, yeah. the 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 imperialist. Yeah mole man dude he, mm-hmm. he forgot the senility yeah. is there yeah that, i think what that's, he forgot
2: was his senior card to get on that transport
1: exa- yeah exactly aarp gives transports i i, I thought that uh mm-hmm. i really love the way that they had the confrontation in episode three though because i think you're right Jerome. but there's a tendency with shows like this to just like occasionally show you darth vader just to, like remind you he's there yes but and i i think that's so much of uh episodic tell not episodic i mean uh, like linear television these days like mm-hmm. limited series mm-hmm. television feels like it's written just stalling for time into the last episode mm-hmm. and but yeah. in this there is if they know where obi-wan is there is no reason for darth vader not to get on a shipping in front and so he does and like that i think is a much more interesting that to get that done in episode 3 doesn't like end the show, it just gives you a whole new possibility of things to see in the like next three episodes rather than us waiting. I think the only, only thing that sense. doesn't
2: quite make sense is that like Darth Vader didn't full on just kill Obi Wan. Like that's I, the only thing that I, seems a little I, bit odd.
1: I think I think that there's some stuff going on there that yes. I right. think is I think there's for some sure, interesting sure. things going on. Yes.
0: Um but were I think gonna, I think we all know yeah. that. I, I yeah. Yes, yeah we're gonna yeah, talk about sure. that. I think one thing that I that I did wanted to mention before we like dive full of, into the mm-hmm. Vader stuff is that in the beginning of episode three, we get Obi-Wan trying to contact once again, as he's been kind of throughout the series so far, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, former Jedi master uh, dispatched by Darth Maul and the Phantom Menace. We haven't seen him yet. But we I'm all a...
2: have sent unanswered FaceTime. So I feel that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so my, my, uh, my assumption is if they're spending this m- much time, on Obi-Wan trying to contact him, I'm guessing by the last episode, we may get a, a an appearance from uh, Liam Neeson, who we last saw in an episode of Atlanta a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, <laughs> playing I haven't himself. seen
2: that. Oh, wow. I need to che- I need yeah, catch he he up on my Atlanta. Addresses, he, he
1: addresses that thing he said once about <laughs> wanting to beat up a certain type of person. Um, oh, it's no. tremendous. Right yeah but i i'm excited is that i uh and i think yeah they're definitely setting it up like it's the whole thing of you you mentioned it, you mentioned it, you mentioned it and then finally in the time of need um it's uh it's gonna come and i think that that's a really mm-hmm. fun storyline to have because i also think that like qui-gon is a character that kind of gets not screwed but screwed in the series given that so much of the materials that have been you know obviously he's not in the original trilogy and all the supplemental materials in between the prequels and the original are all things that happened after he died. And so you don't yeah. get the expanded stuff of them. So I would like to have him have more of a presence because, by all accounts, feels
2: like the last card to be played. Exactly. Of all the things that we haven't addressed. Yes. Or, or we have addressed um, from the lore.
0: Exactly. For sure. And I, and I think one of the things, and Jake, you mentioned it uh, a minute ago, that this episode does well is like, yeah okay so now we see vader and usually it'd be a thing where okay we won't see him till like episode five and they have a big confrontation no we see him like immediately after the 1st Obi opi-wan scene so and then we obviously get the digitized version of uh james earl jones voice uh Mm -hmm. there for darth vader listen anytime you can hear that voice that is just
2: oh so tell me about the behind the scenes like what is so that's not James Earl Jones actually reading it. They no, I or, believe it is. I think okay. no, it's I, I, I,
0: I actually, it? I I heard, I heard this. Um, I want to say it was oh the Ringerverse uh, podcast. Uh, right, right. They 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 talked about it. They found out that it was a it was a digitized version of his voice. It's like the same technology that they use for for Luke, because Mark Hamill wasn't actually there for the for the uh, Boba Fett episode, so they used sure. his. They used a digitized version of his voice for that. Um, uh, which kind of makes-
1: I'm curious because he's credited, whereas Mark Hamill was not credited in the same way. I mm. I, I, I was assuming that they changed it so it would sound because now he just sounds like he doesn't sound the same. He sounds like you know old people Older. eventually start. Well, sounding I mean, like listen 90. how he sounds
2: in Rogue One. Yeah.
1: yeah, and so I yeah. thought that they might have. I I assumed based on the way they credited him, and since there are like like laws about you know, screen actors and stuff. I assume that he had to actually be somewhat his voice, but you could be right. I don't know. But I also don't think that they'll tell, they don't want to tell us because they don't want to ruin the magic of if he had nothing to do with it
0: at all. Right. But like, you know, nonetheless, you hear the voice anyway, and obviously it brings you back to the the good old days of hearing Darth Vader back in the day and, and things like that. So you see that and Reva is furthering her agenda. You see the ambition. You love to see that as she tries to get in 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 Vader's good graces and obviously that always comes with a with a bit of a price as he's like yeah you could you you could get this whole grand inquisitor thing but if this don't work out you know what's gonna happen so I I I love how I love how that always is a a thing with working with Vader
2: yeah that's the thing that um you like the prequels definitely did a number on that for sure in like forgetting how menacing vader is Mm -hmm. and in that you know if you just like do a generally bad job of something he'll just kill you Mm -hmm. and (laughs) um and like yeah you know his threats that way is one thing but then you know again we won't jump straight to scene but like what would they show later i'm just like oh yeah that's vader
1: i i and i think that that's (laughs) a thing actually that i don't think it's just the prequels got rid of that i think that that's just not something that's in the original trilogy almost at all. Since we obviously we see him with like his his uh, underlings being you know killing them like choking someone for finding mm-hmm. for you know having finding he finds their lack of faith disturbing you know, but we actually don't see him in situations where he can just do reckless violence upon strangers, and I right. think that it's an interesting thing to see because we know he doesn't care about the sanctity of human life given that he blows up Alderaan, yeah. but I think that that's it's a really um it is a it helps understand how someone as sadistic as Darth Vader could rule over the galaxy, because it is purely just fear. Where it's not like he's a mean ruler who, you know, yeah. is mostly just mean to generals and stuff. If he just straight up does not care if he murders you or not, period. Mm-hmm. End of story.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. And like I think that's also what happens at the beginning of a new hope. Is like it's very much implied that this is someone to be completely feared. But to your point, Jake, you don't see a lot of like direct examples. Yeah, and what we're getting there now is like the resume.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yes, Puts yes. Put down some and- tape. <laughs> Most certainly, and and so a lot of this episode three is Obi Wan and Leia together. More, you know, more discussion, and it seems like Obi Wan is more disillusioned with the idea that there's actually going to be help as. They get on the planet and they get on the transport and they listen to uh, Zach Braff's uh, character, the uh, the Freck, Freck, the the molish man. And the and as I mentioned before, you get the little the little back and forth with the stormtroopers. And, you know, people
1: on the Internet were really mad that Freck is dating a uh, younger mole person who's like 25 years younger than him. (laughs) And they don't they kind of make they comment on her Instagram a lot. They don't like it. Anyway, continue.
0: (laughs) And I, I just, so I like, I, I like the scenes that happen here. You get a little tension there, and then when they get to the security checkpoint, um, I just love that they straight up went into full violence, full violence with the, with not only the shooting of the guns, but Obi, mm-hmm. Obi, Obi Wan shoots the stormtrooper up top. He falls, and they, he literally gets cut in half, and I'm like. Oh damn, we do it. That was a thing?
2: cool moment. Yeah, yeah. Slicing <laughs> them in half like that. Yeah, no, no. I, I think that's all really cool. I and even like before that, I do like again, like in the expansion of the world of what's going on, like getting to see people who wholeheartedly accept well, not wholeheartedly, but like full on accept the empire. Yes. And are no. like for it that aren't, you know, stormtroopers or right. aren't like members of like any kind of force on mm-hmm. un- there. But just seeing like a person like Freck, who's just like a lowly scrub anyway, um, being able to like just like totally give up everyone for the sake of serving the Empire.
1: Exactly, and I I think the thing too you get in that scene is another thing that it shows the how the Empire is just like any other political institution where, while obviously the stormtroopers are suspicious, the ones who get on the truck are suspicious of, uh, you know, Obi Wan and Leia they're not like they don't, they're they just dudes doing their job and they clearly have like a shitty patrol and they're just like, yeah, Frank, how you it, man? And like, they don't, they're a little weirded out by these two people, but they don't care nearly enough. Like, it's not like they are, the strong troopers individually are not super soldiers. They're just like dudes. Right. And, yeah. and once again, that's not to absolve them of anything. That's kind of the whole point. It's like, it's not that any individual stormtrooper has any evil in them. They're mostly they're just cops. like guys. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The cops who are just, you know, they're trying to make their pension, you know, and, uh, and get a nice place in Nassau County, you know? So it's like
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nassau County. That's a great shout.
1: <laughs> that's where they live.
0: You're right. That's where I left. Li-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you can get a place in Belmore, the property value, I mean, come on.
0: Look, we
2: all want to save enough money to retire in Coruscant, but it takes
1: time to get... love nothing more than retire in Coruscant and then just, like, be one of those people... You know those people who go to a diner, like, every night and get the same thing? Just me Mm. at Dexter Jetzer's place, just chopping it up. You know what I mean? Just every night with
2: a pie. But, like, with, like, lavish robes. Exactly. That I wore all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And and he'll say, the usual, and I'm like, you're
0: damn right, Dex. (laughs) (laughs) So... So, they, so of course, they get into the fight. They get some help from um, Indira Varma, who's playing, the, playing Tia, somebody who's in the Empire but working for the Rebellion as well. So was a, that was a nice that they, as they see a friendly face. And, of course, when all of this happens, Darth Vader is uh, alerted to Obi-Wan's presence, and he's like, let me hop on that PJ real quick. So we could get in and get involved. So we eventually, after some dialogue and exposition, and I think this is the, this is the moment that that uh, I think most folks were waiting for as this episode happens. Darth Vader shows up to to the planet, and Obi Wan's like, "Oh boy, hey, Obi Wan looking looking a little green in the gills." Um, for <laughs> for for Vader here, like when you think about what happened to Anakin at the end of Episode Three. It was kind of like LeBron losing to the Dallas Mavericks. And he was the quote-unquote chosen one. Mm -hmm. And he failed miserably after quote-unquote turning bad. Yeah. So then now we get game six in Boston, Darth Vader coming back. Oh, boy. Poor women, children, and anybody involved in this. He's out here snapping necks, force choking folks.
2: Then the next snap was wild.
0: I was just like, <laughs> what? Oh my goodness gracious. He was out for he was out for blood. Like, o-
2: we we got a tease of it like in Rogue One, but yeah. he was killing other rebel soldiers. Mm-hmm. But these are just innocent ass people that he was just murdering just cause. I,
1: I think it's a thing that we don't really see portrayed that much even when there's like the super well, a lot of times we see villains who are very careless and don't don't care about regular people mm-hmm. where it's like they don't care if they accidentally blow up the city or something like that but it's so rare that we see a villain just encounter a stranger and just decide i'm gonna kill him it's actually one of my favorite things about venom let there be carnage is when carnage just takes mm. random cars and throws them off the bridge and it's like yeah some people are so evil they will literally right. just kill random people and it's like even in a with darth vader who know is the most evil guy in the galaxy the fact we all were shocked by a thing he did like that's why we, that that says
2: something. And it, it's also like it's a thing there too where like you you can really like read into ways that scene is being played out and it's clear that vader has a sense that obi-wan is around and he wants and like to me i took it as like he's trying to draw him out yes yeah. but like I thought he was already getting there when he first grabbed the person and Mm -hmm. just held them up like with a uh, force choke. But that was kind of just like a, Hey, if you want this person to survive, come out type move. Mm -hmm. But no, he didn't even care if Obi-Wan made a move. He just killed them. And then he killed more people afterward. And he was dragging someone across the ground. Like it was incredible. (laughs) Like pure, pure evil. Like it's one of those things where, you know, Ever since like when Vader first debuted and was basically listed as like the greatest villain in all of cinema, but we've had so many other ones since. It's like the Star Wars franchise like came back. It's like just here, hold my beer. Like let me show you how it's done.
0: The ruthlessness is just like off the page there, and so now we got Obi Wan running for the hills, and then Vader just shows up, and then that that shot where the arm goes like that and the lightsaber comes out. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. Mm. Oh my gosh, we got tension. Also
2: has such a flair for the dramatic. Like Vader is such a drama queen, <laughs> like by far, <laughs> like just has to do the absolute <laughs> most with everything. I I would even, argue, like, I understand that, you know, he base- almost got murdered and probably needs most of that equipment. But like he had, I feel like he was like such a large part of like the design in the end or like the redesigns of his like thing. He just needs to like really flex everything about him.
1: And a thing that I think is underrated about these is because as far as I can tell, they, they haven't really straight up just played the Imperial March. And I think that it's a testament to John Williams and Natalie Holt are credited as doing the music. I suspect it was, Mostly Natalie Holton, they're just carrying John Williams because with the previous comp- compositions, just because John sure. Williams is like 90 and I don't think he's doing limited series. But mm-hmm. so Shasta Natalie Holton he killed it with the music for Loki. But like, yeah. I think it's really saying something with to score a Star Wars thing and for it to sound of a piece and not be John Williams. Like, that's a bit like, you know, I can't even think of a good metaphor. It's of,
2: a brilliant level of restraint. Like, yeah. And and it also makes it more impactful that if they use it at a point, it's mm-hmm. going to really matter.
1: And, but and I and the music that they play with him still, it feels almost like it has intonations of the Imperial March. Like it's it's suggestive sure, of sure, it sure. in a way.
2: It's ominous th-
1: that I think is very smart, and because it's not. Um, because it's it's different tonally. So I really really like the music in it a lot. And I'm always impressed like I said whenever someone can take a mu- a franchise with iconic music and not be the person who made that original music but still uh make music of a piece.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean it adds to the the enormity of what this moment is and this is where I kind of wanted to kind of wanted to bring up that a lot of traditional Star Wars fans there are some who are just like, wait a minute, why are these two actually fighting? Which, by the way, I mean,
2: oh, is before, that what the issue was?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a thing in alleged star Star Wars canon based off of some of the dialogue in A New Hope between Obi Wan and Darth that this was their first time meeting since uh, what happened at the at the end of Episode Three. Mystified. I don't, I don't know for for me as somebody who's kind of been paying attention to everything that the folks who's been doing this show before it's come out this was going to happen so like i yeah y- you should have been prepared for it because they basically talked about oh hey these guys are going to meet again and this is going to be a duel so like you know i i, I think i think it's like the, yeah
2: i think it is it kind of serves opposite to what we really liked about it and that they went to it so soon but i'm guessing And I understand, to a degree, I disagree, but I understand where they're coming from in that Mm -hmm. the next time they should meet, it should be, like, an epic big moment. Not one where it's clear that one of them is so outmatched because, Mm -hmm. as some people on this pod like to really stress, they're very washed right now. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, there's just this level of, like... Yeah, I was, like, surprised in how they threw like obi-wan so quickly into the fray and now he's over his head.
0: Yeah, and uh, what I lo- what I like about it and the fact that the Darth Vader dominates him so easily and, and even McGregor's facial expressions during the fight is like, "Oh, whoa, what yeah. have I gotten myself yeah. into?" This is yeah. terrible. I I love yeah. love that. Um you mentioned uh vader's flair for the dramatic the lines he goes i am what you made me i'm gonna make oh my god i'm gonna make you suffer like your suffering has just begun and he burns his shoulder uh toward toward towards the end and i know like obviously they have to do the stuff where you know we gotta let it we gotta let i I
2: do like that he is both incredibly evil but also such a dick (laughs) Like, I just love that he's such a dick about it. But, like, also at the same time, too, like, um, from Vader's perspective, like, everyone that he does these sort of atrocities toward seems unwarranted. The one person that he at least seems, like, justified in wanting to go after is Obi-Wan.
1: Yeah, Obi-Wan did fuck up. I mean, Vader, like, Anakin was a bad guy, but, like, Obi-Wan definitely... I understand why he resents him a little. Yeah, bit. it's not great that he did, he did leave him to die. That is, there's an inarguable fact.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He was he literally was in half, like he, yeah. was, he was cut in half, um, and burned to a crisp. Well done, my goodness yeah. gracious. Uh, so so we have this we have this you know interaction between the two, which was great, and obviously Obi Wan takes the worst of it. It gives us something to look forward to and now him kind of rebuilding you know all of what he's lost and what he hasn't been able to gain back in terms of the force powers and you know who he is as a Jedi and refinding himself so I think it sets up for a a fun three episode journey and kind of leading back to that what I would suspect is is one of these episodes maybe we'll get some flashbacks with Hayden Christensen involved since he you know we expect to kind of see him we saw we saw a brief shot of him as yeah. kind of like a, a little uh uh torment in for for Obi-Wan as he sees him he sees him across earlier in the episode this episode ends though with a uh, poor leia trying to trying to get to a ship to get back to you know get back to Alderaan and and Riva's right there and oh boy we'll see what happens uh, as we get into the second half of the season next week, but
2: I don't quite understand yeah. why they still go after Leia at this point because they like if Leia was just the bait to get Obi-Wan and right. they got Obi-Wan, I don't know why they need like they should just let her go. That's and just being like
0: good point, yeah. good point. And, and obviously, you're repeating the same kind of kidnapping thing that we started in episode yeah. one, so like it's yeah. a little bit of a repeat on that fact, but. I would say so far through the first three, I'm in. Like I'm, I'm enjoying this. This is really fun. Of course, the
2: story was written for you.
0: Yeah, A-
1: AC. What, uh, <laughs> what type of grease would you say this being cooked with?
0: <laughs> we we cooking with fish grease, baby. We yeah, we, we we right there. It's, it's burning. It's a lacking. As we We're get taking our
2: sleep. cholesterol pills before we take in the next episode.
0: <laughs> oh oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah, I earned that. I totally earned now AC
2: for Patreon. Would you be willing to at some point?
1: It, uh, I want to be very. I would want to get a good camera, like all that. Do a fake ice commercial.
0: AC <laughs> <laughs> <I'll laughs> Anthony gets
1: on the third for ice yacht. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I, I, th- I think we could do something like that. Okay, yeah, hey,
1: yeah, yeah. well, yeah, well. I
2: well, mean, if anyone needs icy hot right now, it's Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi.
1: The I was just like AC. You saw the te- the temperatures it's been in New York the past couple days. This man's been carrying your mail, not your
0: mail. I'm but... surprised
2: there isn't like a dedicated, like personalized version that's called AC hot. It's
0: AC hot. <laughs> 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 oh oh, 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 oh. Mm. Ooh, boy, if we ain't have outros, I would have ended the episode right there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, But, but, yeah, so, like, as we get into the second half of the season, and before I just throw it to you guys for some final thoughts, I do want to say, with the way that this show has kind of gone so far, I almost am thinking that after these six episodes, I don't think this is going to be done. That's, like, kind of, like, the sense that I'm starting to get based off of some of the stories. I don't know. That's just something that I'm throwing out there, Uh, but I do want to get your, get your thoughts uh, on on what you've seen so far overall. Either Well, like
2: on the done part, I, mm, that's, that's tough to say just because it's like, it's not ever fun to think of it this way, but just like when you think about how the production is put together, who they get involved in everything, Mm -hmm. I don't know that you necessarily have these people buying in, for long term unless they really know how well this is going so when you build out a story that way um it and also like it's never going to be done like disney owns like mm-hmm. the star wars franchise yeah i like it's there's always going to be more story that can be told i would lean that i don't think they necessarily are planning past yeah. this series though
1: i would say no as well because i don't the story that they're telling now is mm-hmm. the is the story to tell about Obi Wan in between the prequels Correct. and the sequels I mean, and the original trilogy? And anything they were to tell after it would be either kind of break the canon because, like, at some point, Obi Wan does just need to become a hermit and live mm-hmm. for a while, yeah. or two, it would be something that was not, which would
2: arguably be like AC's favorite version of the character at that point.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, the hermit who, uh, yeah. exactly. I feel like, I feel like, um, What's it called? Uh, what's the the animal on Tatooine? I feel like that you know the milk gets the calcium, the strong bones make your right, back right, straight. Right, you know, right?
2: <laughs> um, well, you know the the other thing too, and I was yeah. actually going to mention a little bit about it in terms of how it is in the episode too, because uh, I wasn't sure what the Darth Vader conversation was, but there is something that I feel is going on a little bit, and also why I would art like I wouldn't lean toward making more of it is you can't give so much vader like you are starting to take away from the mystique of the character the lore you know um because even when you think about how it works in uh like the original trilogy and such like it is sparing right like doses it's it's it leans more on the threat of vader than actually the actions of vader Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. i think on that front um yeah i don't think you want to like even when you think about the animated series you don't put vader in every episode but it's just it's an event when vader shows up right and i think you need to for at least that character keep it as much as you can an event Mm -hmm. um though over time i think it, it can and will have like a diminishing need to be that way especially as like the newer generation of fans come in and like hopefully uh the characters that they grow up with in the um, Star Wars universe aren't the ones that, like, rely on, like, you know, the old Skywalkers and everything like that. Like, I think that's what they tried to do with the um, latter trilogy of trying to move on into that, although rather unsuccessfully.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very unsuccessfully. Uh, Jake, if you had to... You know, based off of what you've seen so far, how do you feel about this series? Uh, Is there anything that you're looking forward to, looking forward Uh, to in particular going forward?
1: I mean, I'm I I really like it a lot. I'm excited for the last three episodes, and I'm really excited. I want to see how. um, I want to see where we leave Obi Wan because. Even though he's technically living on Tatooine and, you know, being a hermit at the beginning of it, he's not really in the same place he is at the beginning of A New Hope. And I want to see, like, kind of what, what caused him. How being... much
2: of it is going to be retconning it and how much of it yeah. is actually really trying to tie up those loose ends that it makes yeah. sense to where we, they are.
1: But well, get him the peace. Yeah, because yeah, exci- I, I want to see how they deal with the, the Luke of it all. Because clearly, yep. Uncle the does not like him being involved in his life. And we know from A New Hope that he isn't really involved in his life, or at least in a way that Luke can see. And so Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how that is tied up and how he makes peace with that. Um, But I'm mostly just, I mean, obviously the confrontation, however it ends with Vader and him is what I'm really excited to see. Because for obvious Alec Guinness related reasons, the actual confrontation in A New Hope is not visually amazing. And so I would love to see a good Obi-Wan Vader Mm -hmm. fight.
0: I I would agree with that. How about you, Jerome?
2: Yeah, uh, for sure. um, Like, I'm trying not to overthink in terms of like how they connect the pieces because in some ways I'm actually on board with them adding layers and maybe in some ways, almost like retelling the story uh, and like, I'm sure people would be upset if it doesn't connect perfectly with a new hope or connect perfectly with the original trilogy. But I, I think at some point we're going to reach it with star Wars where it's either they like tell entirely new stories or they might even go back and retell some of that. Mm -hmm. So um, if that's the case, I would rather have really good bones in this and future properties that lead in that direction then have some sort of like real adherence to keep to the original. Cause like they've already broken it. Yeah, Yeah. Like there's already like so many things in there, like even from the prequels that make like what we hear in things like in the original trilogy make like absolutely no sense. Like Mm -hmm. even things like Leia talking about how much she remembers her mother's face, her mother dies when she's born. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, right. Unless it's, like, some sort of Force sensitivity that they want to, like, lean into. Like, there's just none of it there. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I want to see for the rest of it, uh, I think, you know, there is something going on in terms of, like, we find out when it comes to the latter uh, trilogy that, like, Leia herself, because she finds out at the end of Return of Jedi that she is also a Skywalker, like, and ha- is Force sensitive and all that that she, uh, you know, pursues becoming a Jedi as well. Mm -hmm. And I do like the idea of maybe Obi-Wan sensing that early, which it seems like he does already, Mm -hmm. implanting some of those seeds without full-on, like, you know, leading her in that direction. Because then, of course, it doesn't make the original trilogy make sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do want to see, and they've already kind of touched upon it too, Obi-Wan, just like the whole Padme of it all, and how exactly that fits in. Mm-hmm. Um and uh giving Leia something to kind of like have tangible in terms of like her understanding her past and mm-hmm. her uh lineage and her parents and things like that uh I think with Luke we're not really gonna get a lot of it um to Jake's point it's a good bait
0: uh, and switch that they pulled in the trailers um for yeah. sure
2: for sure and uh and then yeah, I think beyond that it's just uh like hopefully not too many more like stunts cameos and things like that i don't think we always need to like see like a chewbacca just show up out of nowhere (laughs) um and then i think the big question the last like again the card that hasn't been played yet is where exactly qui-gon fits in the Mm -hmm. next three episodes yeah
0: yeah i i would agree with you guys this show has been pretty damn fun enjoying everything that i'm watching it feels it feels momentous it feels awesome and You know, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes and how this story ends. But, you know, for us, as far as this show is concerned, we we did these first three. We're going to check back in at the end of the series, perhaps with a guest. Uh, We'll see how that goes. But either way, this show has been shaping up to be uh, pretty awesome. So it it was great to talk about it. And, uh, yeah, before we go, where can we follow you guys first? Jake, where can we follow you?
1: At the Jake Christie
0: uh, on Twitter. And Jerome Chang, my friend, where can we follow you?
2: Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at Black Dragon Roll. Follow me on Twitter uh, at Black Dragon Roll. And follow me as I wheel AC through these streets of New York.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, I knew I'm never going to live this down. But that's okay. I don't mind. You can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three, follow the show at MC university pod. We do have a Patreon, Patreon.com slash MC university pod, where you can get bonus content such as Jake Christie talking about the toxic Avenger. Great pod. Great pod. I'm very happy with
1: it. It, it, If you're going to listen to it, you should watch the movie, but man, one of the such a dumb pod.
0: Yes. Yes. And also um, last week, um, I spoke to a friend of the show, Anthony Mays, about Better Call Saul's final season and some of the goings and comings of TV currently. So you can check that out as well. Uh, Jake and I plan to do some stuff on The Boys as that's coming out right now. I mean, uh, actually, tomorrow or yeah. for, by the time you listen to this, the first three episodes. Yeah, the first three episodes will be out. Uh, there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. So we'll try and see where we can fit that in. And obviously, what's coming up next? is miss marvel miss marvel starts next week so we'll be on that as well so you know stay tuned thanks for the support and for jay christie and jerome chang i'm anthony canton the third this has been marvel cinematic university and we will talk to you next time